is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 532, recorded on the evening of Tuesday, May the 18th, 2021. Welcome to the podcast, one and all. Welcome, Jason. How are you doing this week? I'm okay, Christopher. How are you? I'm a Keep little... together? No, barely, barely. I'm a little overworked. I've got a lot going on. I've, I've had to commute to an office every day this week and I will continue to do that and it's way farther away than I'm used to going to work. Going to work sucks. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Staying home to work still sucks, but it's better than going to work. I guess, yeah. This is just an unusual case for me. We've got a a big project. It's all coming together in the next week or so and I can't do my job from home entirely on this one, so I'm I'm driving 40 kilometers each way every day and it sucks and I just don't like it. So I'm a little burnt out and it's only Tuesday. You should take up smoking because uh, if you smoked, the commute would be a little bit better because then you could have a coffee and a smoke on the way to work and everything would be all right. Listen, the pandemic has made me take up drinking coffee. So one thing at a time here. All right. Yeah. Okay. Next pandemic, I guess. Take up smoking. <laughs> maybe, maybe next one. Uh, I started drinking some coffee in the last year. Not very much compared to some people, but, uh, then like I, me, right. Like you, I've got a coffee going right now. I know. And it's nine 30 at night. That's weird, man. It doesn't, I won't affect my falling asleep at all. Well, I spoke to my doctor and she told me not to drink coffee. So I've actually switched to decaf. <laughs> Which is another thing I never thought in a million years I would do. A, take up coffee, and then B, switch to decaf that quickly. Switch to the pointless version. Well, I it's weird. I, I don't want to go too far on this, but I didn't drink coffee my whole life because I didn't like it. I just didn't, pref- I didn't like the taste. And then for whatever reason, you know, staying home all day, every day, 24-7 came along and I needed to mix it up a little. So I started drinking coffee and I didn't mind it. And then I started drinking a little more and I thought it was okay. And then I got really bad heartburn and my doctor said, you know, caffeine causes heartburn. So maybe you should stop. And so now I am. I've been teaching Jasper Jasper about acquired tastes. Uh Uh, You know, maybe it's an acquired taste. As you get older, your taste buds change and you need a little bit more kick, which, uh, you know, me personally, it's spicy food. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand it for the longest time, but now eh, it's not so bad. Huh. That's good. I like that. Maybe someday when this is all over, let's go out for some really spicy hot wings. Oh, no, not really spicy, just spicy. <laughs> so you'll get the medium? <laughs> uh, not even, probably. It's uh, it's it's a sliding scale, right? I all hated right. all at all spicy, but now a little bit, it's okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that more some other time. For now, it's just super busy. I must admit, I'm a little bit worried about next week's Tuesday night recording because this project I'm talking about sort of comes to a head on Wednesday next week. So if things are not going great, Tuesday's not going to be a very good day for me next week. So fingers crossed it's all good, but that'll have to be dealt with when the time comes. For now, though, Jason, we do have an episode of Fear to talk about. Surely. And before we do that, I want to just really quickly take a look at the ratings for last week's, which was episode 12. It was called In Dreams. Everyone remembers it. The ratings or the the viewership numbers for that episode are 0.99 million viewers. Well, it's almost a million. Yeah, but it's it's exactly. It's almost a million. It's the first time <laughs> an episode of a Walking Dead TV show at least between Fear and the main show has been under 1 million. Uh I forget what World Beyond was doing most of the time, but I bet you even it was over a million. So here we are at 0.99 million for hmm. Fear the Walking Dead last week. Well, that's all right. That's a shame, but it's all right. Right. I guess. I don't know. I'll be curious about what this one uh, that we're about to talk to gets, uh, but we'll have to wait until next week to find that out. Mm-hmm. So let's move on into it then. This is season six, episode 13. It's titled JD, or more specifically, J.D. <laughs> Yeah. There are some sort of initials. And it was directed by Aisha Tyler, if you remember her, which I'm sure I you do. do. 
I do very much. It's it's That's awesome. Not, I didn't know that. It's not her first directing outing. She's done some other stuff, but it's her first time on Fear or any Walking Dead show. So congratulations to her for for doing that. It's kind of That's fun. Awesome. I'm a big fan of hers. I really used to enjoy her Girl on Guy podcast, but it's been gone for some time now. So that bums me out. Oh, it's gone? Did I know that? I knew that. I think Did you I, knew I, that. I feel, I feel like I know that. I feel like it still hurts all over again, though. Well, I'll just keep reminding you every six or eight months. and Every time she comes up, you remind me that it's canceled and I'll freak out again. Yes. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. So maybe she'll direct some more and I'll bring it up then too. Sure. So this one, JD, it's really primarily about June, what she's got mm-hmm. going on, but we also get some information or some storyline, I should say, with uh, Dwight and Sherry. But let's talk about June 1st. Sure. And I don't think we need to hold off in in revealing what happens in this episode. She encounters an old guy who's driving around in an RV, and it turns out to be John Dory Sr., John Dory's dad. It's It's excellent, and it's a hell of a coincidence. Yes, it is. But I'm not so sure how excellent it is. I definitely agree it's a hell of a coincidence, though. Why? Okay, well, we got some something to talk about there. So, if you, And his name is John Dore, right? He is. So it's the, it's the same name. He's got the same initials. It's his, uh, it's his guns, uh, six, his uh, pistols that uh, John Dory Jr., mm-hmm. JDJ now, yep. uh, that he had. So these are his six shooters. Um, but it's, it's Keith Carradine. How can you not be okay? When I when I saw it was Keith Carradine, I'm like, I know that voice because I didn't recognize him at first. And then when I found out he's, uh, you know, he's John Dory and he's John Dory Senior, I'm like, yeah, I accept that. And I'm I'm all if you're going to replace John Dory with John Dory, Keith Carradine Carradine is the way to do it. I I think you may be onto something there. I I agree that Keith Carradine is is great, and I love his voice. Like he oh, yeah. has a beautiful radio voice. And I think that's just his regular speaking voice. So he's a very lucky, he's gifted in the voice department. That's for sure. Well, he's also gifted in the Carradine department, right? He's, <laughs> you know, David Carradine, Keith Carradine, his dad, he's, you know, generations of uh, fantastic actors in his family. And I just found out today, the fucker won an Oscar. Did he? He has an Oscar for best original song for a uh, a movie called Nashville in 1976. So he didn't win an a- an acting Oscar. Oscar. He won a songwriting Oscar. But yeah, best music, best original song in 1976 for this movie Nashville. He was in the movie. Sure, but it's uh, he won the Oscar for the fucking song. Well, it's it's like I guess that's like when uh, what's his face and Lady Gaga win awards for that song from that yeah. movie they did together. <laughs> oh, I think he wrote it though. It's, I don't think it's, uh, it's not, you know, he didn't, didn't uh, just sing it. He, he didn't just it. perform it. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, that's cool. Congratulations to Keith Carradine. I wonder if he's won any other acting Oscars. Probably not. No, he hasn't. He's, uh, you know, I was digging around, uh, you know, cause I remember him the first time I really remember him is on Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, as with this show, this, there's lots of people coming in from Deadwood on this show. And he's another one. He played Wild Bill Hickok, uh, on Deadwood, the first season of Deadwood. Uh, spoiler alert, Wild Bill Hickok gets killed in Deadwood. Okay. It, you know, he's a real person. Deadwood's a real town. He really died there. Really got shot in the back, back of the head. So it's a bit of a anyway. spoiler for real life then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and he was also on, uh, Dexter as, uh, Agent Lundy which I really liked. Remember he was uh, Deborah's boyfriend there for a while? Oh. He was, a, he in, was investigating the Bay Harbor butcher. He was with the FBI. Uh-huh. He hunted serial killers and he came in because they found a bunch of Dexter's uh, body parts in the Bay. Right. So he was investigating the Bay Harbor butcher. Right. And he and Deb fell in love. Yeah, I, I remember that sort of. I, I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it right now because I yeah. try not to think about Dexter too much. They're bringing that back, eh? For for a limited series, yeah, right. It's not they're not bringing it back full time. I think it's only going to be like eight seasons or eight, sorry, eight episodes in the fall. <laughs> it's <only gonna> be <laughs> it's, it's a limited se- thing. It's only another twenty seven seasons. Sure, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But he also came back. Uh, Lundy came back in the uh, season with uh, John Lithgow. 
he was uh, he was hunting the Trinity Killer as well, which mm-hmm. is John Lithgow. Okay, well, look, a- Keith Carradine's amazing, and he's he is. great, and I and I could listen to him speak to me and whisper in my ear all day long. Right, he's got a fantastic voice. I just didn't like this episode that much, though, and unfortunately, Keith didn't save it for me. Uh, which I, maybe I was he starstruck. Could have. You know, I was just, I, I was all starry-eyed. I wouldn't say I was starstruck. I'm just all starry-eyed because I'm like, yay, Keith Carradine's in the, in the show now. And I was hoping, 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 hoping that he would stick around and not die. Well, he survives to the end and he moves in with Morgan. So he's going to be around, I think. Yeah, I hope so for a long time. Seems like it. Like I said, if you're going to replace John Dory with John Dory, Keith Carradine is the way to do it. Keith Carradine's your man. Okay, well, listen, I... I, I like Keith, but I think this whole episode felt a little bit forced and convenient. And that was what my problem with it primarily was. As great as he is, I mean, John's been dead. John Dory Jr. has been dead for like five minutes and suddenly June runs into his father. I just, it, I just didn't believe it. I just didn't feel like it was realistic. Uh, you know, she's... Not only that, not only that she runs into him, but also he's out there hunting for Teddy, like the same bad guy. He has a history with Teddy and it just all felt like, God, this is the most ridiculous way to bring in a character that has all this super convenient information that our main characters need and they need right now. And and it's and it's another character's father, you know, who was just killed off. I I don't know. It just felt like it, kind of silly to me. It is a little far. It's a little far fetched. It's a little convenient. You know, he's a cop. He's pursuing the bad guy that we know is the bad guy. He comes in with all this information about the bad guy and a history with the bad guy, uh, and uh, he happens to be the father of the uh, of the guy that got killed off and has the same name and used to own the uh, used to own the big irons that uh, that John Dory used for so long. Exactly, and it just it it just feels so impossible, you know. And and I say that on a show where zombies roam the earth, but we've gone into the reasons I can accept that and not other things before. So. I never was really able to buy into this whole episode as, as a story. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand that they wanted to flesh out Teddy a little bit. They wanted to give us a bunch of information about who he is and who he was and why he's doing what he's doing and also provide that bit of like insight to our characters. So they have a better understanding of who he is and maybe how to counter what he's trying to do. Like all that is fine, but I just don't think this was the way to do it. And maybe this character just shouldn't have been John Dory's dad. You know, maybe that's all it is Anything for me. but John Dory's dad, you're saying. Just, 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 you know, Keith Carradine, random dude, uh, shows up in town, has a bunch of information. Why not? I mean, that feels like way less of a coincidence. You know, he, he was John Dory's dad because June was married to John Dory kind of thing. What if he just knew John Dory's dad? What if he was John Dory's dad's partner, right? And then you could still have exactly the same plot line. Hey, where did you get those guns? Because mm-hmm. uh, he knew they were John Dory's. Uh, and then that whole thing plays out from there. Yeah. Simple I, fix. I used to, I used to work with with this guy, you know, and I recognize his guns. Where did you get those? It feels like it would have worked. Um, like it would be more plausible. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe this guy and John Dory could have the, you know, their mothers both be named Martha and then, and then we could go on from there. That seems very plausible and a, a very, uh, a tight plot point. Yeah. We could, uh, we could latch onto and everybody accept. Nothing wrong with that. I don't see anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Anyways, I thought it was a little bit silly and I think they could have done it better. But in a way, this whole episode plays out as kind of a tribute to John Dory Jr., if you know what I mean, yep. like, and kind of his family. Um, I think what they were trying to do, or one of the things they were trying to do with this one was give us, the viewers, a little bit of closure at the loss of John Dory Jr. And I think they knew that we would be upset about it and 
needs something to sort of put it to rest and maybe put it behind us. And I think that's what they were trying to give us a little bit. And then on the other hand, allowing him to live on through his father. As you said, they replaced John Dory with John Dory, and it's, you know, he's gone, but he's not, right? Oh, shit. John Dory was on Deadwood, too. There's so many Deadwood. I just recall, recalled that. Uh, just Maybe everybody's on Deadwood at some point? Uh, yeah, I don't maybe. Know. <laughs> Every, everybody was on Deadwood. Why not? There, there's a lot of uh, coincidence. I mean, they weren't related uh, on Deadwood. We don't keep Carradine. And, I was going to uh, ask. I wasn't sure. Garrett they didn't Dillahunt. play father and son, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, and Garrett Dillahunt played actually two different characters on Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, they weren't related. I'm not even sure they interacted. Wait! They, Son of a bitch. They probably uh, did. Garrett Dillahunt was the character that killed Wild Bill Hickok. So Garrett Dillahunt killed Keith Carradine in Deadwood. Wow, he killed his own father. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you Josie if, Wales, yeah, it was Josie Wales uh, that that killed uh, Wild Bill Hickok. Okay. Well, anyway, that's interesting. I I guess if you merge that's the two universes, back. it gets uh it gets all muddled. Yeah, it gets a little weird. It sure does. So so I I did kind of appreciate that element to it. Um, even though I think it is kind of ridiculous that he exists at all. I guess it is a way for us to have John live on in in at least some respect, and I can kind of appreciate that. I just I just don't like how it all all was introduced, you know. Yeah, it's a bit much. A, a little bit much. Um, so the whole thing of his background with Teddy again, I found this super convenient uh, in a bad way, but also. As I said, they needed to give this information to us as the viewers. The story is John Dory Sr. was a police officer. He put Teddy in jail, but he framed Teddy to go to jail. Now, apparently, Teddy was, in fact, you know, some kind of a conspiracy-loving cult leader type nut job guy back in the 70s anyways, but I guess John J.D.J., no, JDS, John Dory Sr., didn't have the evidence he needed or something, so he framed him and put him in jail, and that's what led him down kind of a darker path because he felt guilty for that, right? Right, yep. Right, he said he started drinking, and that's why he left his family, because he figured their life would be better off without him. Uh, yes, but which is kind of weird, but, uh, you know, if you, you got to do a bad thing to do the right thing every once in a while, apparently, for, you know, committing a crime to frame somebody because you really feel they're a bad person. Yeah. I mean, that's what he even says, right? But I guess my question is, we, we knew a little bit about John Dory's father, you know, just from John and June talking about him, and we know the guns came from him and stuff like that. Did we really need to know why he abandoned his family? I don't feel like it, adds anything to the character of John Dory, who's dead and we all miss. And does it tell us anything about this new John Dory Sr., who seems like he's going to stick around on the show at least for another episode, who knows, maybe more. And did I, did I care? And the problem, and the answer is I don't think I did very much. Like, if you're going to introduce this character, he should be there to connect us to Teddy. He doesn't need to be anything else. And I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I, I just can't, I can't buy into it. Yeah, he's a bag of information. It's, That's right. And he deserves to be more than that. I, I guess so. Or or <laughs> he does I mean he deserves to be less than what they tried to make him, but more of the information <laughs> giver yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Do you think that uh, Stephen King, if he was dead, he'd be rolling over in his grave? Because there's a there's even more connections to this stand. Uh, in this now, uh, with the bad guy being in prison, uh, and you know, uh, John Dory showing up at his prison and finding his cell and the doors opening, he's gone. Like, first of all, how does a cop know what cell an inmate is in, in a particular penitentiary? He does not is the short answer. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was in the stand. 
where we had a, a yeah. bad guy in a cell and the door just kind of opened. And it also with the, uh, with the two big irons, right. That f- are being passed down from generation to generation to gunslingers. Uh, this is very much a, uh, a dark tower thing. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, these guns, uh, are very particular to the gunslinger and have been passed down from his father, who was a gunslinger and his father, who was a gunslinger and his father, who was a gunslinger and so forth. So it's very much a Stephen King thing. Uh, you know, if I was Stephen King, I'd be pissed because this is, they're drawing a lot of parallels to the stand and the gunslinger, uh, in the show now. Gotta be a coincidence though, right? Like, or, or an influence or something. I mean, they're not, they're not just ripping off story. Well, no, but they're ripping, well, it's not really part of the story in the gunslinger. It's just part of the setting, right? Mm-hmm. The, and it's just, it's these, not really, I don't want to say mystical or magical, but they're important items. Yeah. Very much like, uh, in Lord of the Rings, you have, uh, you know, you have Bilbo Baggins sword named Sting. Right. It's just this thing. It's not really part of the plot. It's just, it's just this thing that is, and it's not even really magical because it was made by elves and elves don't imbue things with magic. They just, elves are better than everybody else. And when they make something, it's better than everything else. So it's not really magical. It's just, it's uh, a sacred object that's better. Sure. And so these two guns that uh, John Dory has, very, very reminiscent to the two guns that the gunslinger has. Hmm. All so, right. If I was Stephen King, I'd be pretty pissed. And now we've got uh, the prisoner coming out of a cell uh, after the apocalypse, and we've got a, a good camp and a bad camp, and we've got uh, somebody going off to get a nuke, uh, and which we've, we're assuming that that's what they want to do, and I think that's probably pretty accurate. So there's a lot of parallels here that are starting to uh, annoy me. Yeah, you're right. If I was Stephen King, I might be even more annoyed. Well, we'll have to invite him on the show and see what he thinks. He might come too. He's a pretty cool guy, I think. I think if we invite him, he he might show up. All right, well. I'd be too nervous. I couldn't do it. Send an email to stephenking at gmail.com and see uh, see if he gets back to us. (laughs) I think it's probably stephen at stephenking.com or something. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Or me at stephenking.com. Yeah, that's that's what I would choose if I were him. Um, all right. Well, listen, I think the only scene that we needed in this whole episode between really that involved June and John Dory were, was the, the scene where she reads the letter, right? They're standing there. She reads the letter. And I think this scene really worked because she was reading John Dory Jr.'s words it wasn't yep. his dad talking. And we know John Dory Jr. We know how he feels about June, how he feels about everybody. We know how he approaches life and why he does things, right? He's this character we know. And we connect with his feelings and his understanding of things. And I think that's why that scene worked so well for me. I mean, um, uh, what's her name? Did the Delivered it pretty well, too, I must admit. Like, it was pretty emotional and it got to me a little bit. So... I, I appreciated that one, and I really think I liked it because it was it was in John Dory Jr.'s words and not his dad, who I can't buy into. Okay. You know? Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was a really good uh, a good moment, but I don't know if I, I necessarily agree with the fact that it was, uh, you know, John Dory Jr.'s words instead of Sr.'s words. Well, he, he wrote them and he wrote them about June. And I'm just, I'm just saying we have a connection to these people that I didn't feel with senior. Right. And, and that's a big reason why it didn't work. Uh, I have a call here from listener Beth. Let's see what she has to say. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Beth from Atlanta, but living in London. And I wanted to send in a voice memo for the first time. I've never uh, called in or written in, but I, I felt I needed to after this uh, latest episode about, John Dory, um, well, John Dory Sr. I uh, have actually enjoyed Fear the Walking Dead pretty much from the beginning and uh, was pretty saddened after Series 3 when they changed everything. But John Dory in June was a reason to keep watching. 
of course, <laughs> big sigh. They then kill off the, the best character because, of course, the actor wants to move on. But um, I think I really felt like June in this episode um, when she read that letter. I actually started I actually started bawling along with her. I've never really done that, especially not to um, fear the walking dead. But uh, I feel like this was a pretty cathartic e- episode that really kind of helped help me. I guess, move on with John Dory. <laughs> but um, I am happy to see John Dory Sr. I'm trying to just, um, you know, suspension of disbelief that how random that she finds him. But I still think it's awesome. And I like the uh, actor as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. Okay, thought I'd just send this along while uh, everything was fresh in my mind. Uh, thanks for a great show. I've been listening for many, many, many years. So bye. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much for writing or calling in. I think she sums it up as what I've been trying to say. It's like, it's totally random. Doesn't really feel true to me, but the letter scene and the kind of closure we got with June and her feelings for her dead husband worked, I think, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm all right. Leaning towards that. Yep. Um, One other thing that I thought was just terrible on this this episode was the scene where the zombie is stuck under the rv i mean yeah not only did uh, in the episode where john jr was shot did they have remember they had a zombie stuck in the wheel well of the car of the truck they Uh were working on and i praised that scene because i thought it was so good this one didn't work i just thought it was dumb it was it was like the same thing but with an rv and i looked at it again and like you can clearly just see the zombie like strapped to the bottom of the RV. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, didn't we do this already? I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know what you're doing here. So I didn't like that bit at all. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. There's not a lot of room for uh, a human sized thing to get stuck inside the mechanisms of an RV. Like in order to be stuck that high up, like you say, they'd be in the cab. Like they'd be like, you know, in the camper itself, yeah, uh, lounging on the bed kind of thing. It's, it was pretty high up. I thought it was, it was dumb. I mean, they needed a way to break down this RV so that they couldn't drive it anymore, I guess. And they decided to stick a zombie under it. We didn't even see. could have hit a rock, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was leaking tranny fluid. So that kind of thing is, uh, you know, basically, basic, basically, <laughs> basically a death nail in uh, a vehicle in this day and age, yep. right? Like if your transmission loses all of its fluid, you're fucked. Cause you know, how are you going to fix that? Well, I, you know, even now, if that happened to me, I wouldn't be able to fix it. I'd be saying, I'd be looking at the underneath the car going, that's a leak in fluid. That's probably not good. And then move on with my life because I have no idea how to fix that. No, I wouldn't even know it was transmission fluid. <laughs> Well, right? I'm with you. I wouldn't be able to fix it either. I am not that kind of automotive fix-it guy. I can yeah. cha- change a tire. That's about it. <laughs> I've changed a tire. Good. Yeah. Well, I thought it was dumb. Uh, all right. So the other half of this episode was Dwight and Sherry. They were kind of tagging along the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were catching up to them for a bit, but then they did catch up. They were there at the letter reading scene, um, which it played into the episode. But at first I was like, what are they doing here? I, I don't get it, but I'll get to that in a minute. But falling in love again is what they're doing. That's exactly what they were doing. And all of that, I didn't mind. I would have preferred if this episode was like 80% Dwight and Sherry, 20% uh, John and June. And I feel like for me, that would have worked a little bit because I enjoyed watching Dwight and Sherry together. I was always sort of bummed that she rejected him and didn't want to get, uh, get together again. Um, so here they are and they're, they're back together. So that kind of made yeah. me happy on the other hand. Yeah. And all they had to do was kill a horse. Well, the horse killing scene bothered me a lot, actually. Like she rides a horse so hard that it dies or nearly yeah. dies. And then she just cold heartedly shoots it in the head. Well, it's heart had given out. It was having a heart attack is what was happening to the horse. It was a horse heart attack. And at that point, you know, really 
there's nothing, not a whole lot you can do. I know. How did Dwight know that? Does he just know what it? Because you like? run a horse, you can run a horse into the ground. It's happened, uh, you know, many many times. And you, if you run a horse too hard, it will run until it dies. Is that and true? Like, why won't that's a horse a thing. just stop running? If I feel bad when I'm running, I stop. You're, well, horses are different. Thanks. <laughs> and you, uh, and you whip them, right? Uh, you, you've seen uh, the most recent um, True Grit. No. Do you remember that movie? You've no. not seen that? No. Well, you should watch it. It's a good movie. Okay, but I, I've seen horses be whipped before, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, you whip a horse. You can run a horse into the ground, and that's uh, and that's what uh, the Pony Express, for example, what okay. they used to do to, in order to get uh, mail from one location to another really, really quickly, is they would uh, have they would change horses every once in a while. You run a horse really hard, and then you get off that horse, and you get on a new horse, fresh horse, and you run that for a while. Because if you run the same horse for too long, You'll kill it. That It's a thing. Well, that sucks that that's a thing. And I feel bad for horses that they just yeah. don't know when to stop. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, you and I are smarter uh, in that if somebody was running us at some point, we'd go, fuck you. I'm not running anymore. You're going to have to shoot me. And maybe that's what happens to the horse, right? Is uh, fuck you. I'm not running anymore. Uh, I'm just going to lie here for a minute and they assume, oh, the horse has run into the ground and then they shoot it and without actually, you know, letting it recover. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe people are idiots. I don't know. Well, it seems like it. I, I don't think Sherry's decision to ride this horse into the ground was a good one either. It's like, you need a horse. It's a good way to get around. Let your horse yeah. rest, drink, and then, and then keep going. You doesn't. Well, that's sense. what Dwight was saying, right? It's like, you got to stop. You're going to kill the horse. You're yeah. going to kill the horse. Oh, you killed the horse. Damn you. You stupid person. You killed the horse just because you were impatient about something. Uh, and now we both have to ride this horse uh, and we have to do it at a slow pace because two people on a horse, you know, tires out a horse a lot quicker. Of course. It's double the weight. Anyways, I didn't like the scene at all and I feel bad for the horse. Basically, the whole thing with Dwight and Sherry in this is that she reveals she's out there looking for gas, so which doesn't seem to make sense at this point because they're all riding horses and most of the gas is gone. But she wants to get in a car and drive back to Virginia so she can kill Negan. That's what she reveals to Dwight. Your best bet is to, you know, use a horse. You know? <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> you don't have to, you want to find fuel for a horse? Just stop and get off the horse. It'll find its own friggin' fuel. Sure. Right? <laughs> Eat some food, drink some water, and it'll maybe sleep yeah. a little. It'll be good to go. Get some sleep, have a crap, get up the next day, do, the, do it all over again. You know, you've, you're riding a perfect vehicle for crossing the country. Why do you need a truck? Yeah. Well, she wants to get there faster, I guess. I don't know. But the surprise to me was that she still wants to go back and kill Negan. She feels right. like... That's going to solve all of her problems and maybe it will, but I was a little surprised that he came up again in, in this show. Well, you know what they say, if you're out for revenge, the first thing you should do is dig two graves. Of course. You're, so. You might need both. Yeah. So, but she ultimately decides not to do that, right? It's like, well, maybe I should just let that slide a little bit. Well, this is where it plays into this, what happens between June and John, right? I think they were at that letter reading scene so that Sherry could kind of witness the connection and the love that was shared between John Dory Jr. and June. And that made her realize that she's got Dwight right there in front of her, who she has kind of rejected for the last little while, but she shouldn't be rejecting him. And I think that changes her mind and convinces her to stay, right? Yeah. I mean, what at that point, she has a choice. She can either stay with the man she loves that she's known since high school because uh, they mentioned that old truck that his was his grandfather's and yep. then they reminisced about various things in, what, junior year or senior year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so your choice is to stay with the man you know and love for uh, and have known since you were in high school or head back to where you started in order to murder somebody. Yes. Uh, who may or may not be dead already. She doesn't know. Uh, so 
You know, to me, it's an obvious choice. Sure. You always choose love. I think and you always, always choose not to kill the fucking horse. I'm not going to forgive her. No, I agree with that. I agree with both of those statements. Um, I, you know, during the scene, she's saying, I'm going to go back and kill him. I, my brain is going, well, okay, she doesn't because the main show is what years ahead of this show still. And so we know that she never shows back up in Virginia to kill him. Or if she does, she doesn't, if she attempts it, she doesn't make it there. Um, so I'm glad they didn't let that play out for too long because I feel like I already know what the outcome is. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's like watching the Titanic movie. You know, you go in (laughs) knowing that the goddamn ship sinks. That thing's going down. Yeah. It's going down. I mean, if it didn't, it'd be really weird. But, you know, that's not the first time movies have uh, done weird things at the end, mm-hmm. like Inglorious Bastards. Have you seen that one at least? Uh, yeah, I think okay, so. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but okay, uh, things end weird. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just glad she doesn't go. I mean, maybe there's, this story isn't over yet, but uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense for her to head back across the country to do that. Now, I did start thinking, boy, Negan, of all the characters in The Walking Dead, he is the one that seems to be, have the most influence over characters on different shows. Now, I know Morgan and Dwight and Sherry came from the main show, of course, but yeah, it struck me as, man, they really, really like to push Negan. They just don't want us to forget about him. and. I wonder if the producers and Scott Gimple and the people in charge all consider Negan to be like this super important linchpin in the Walking Dead universe that they've created now, right? And then I started thinking, you know, recently there have been more rumors of spinoffs or more one-off episodes about Negan. Like, is he going to become the sort of central focus for the whole Walking Dead universe. And is this, are they turning this whole thing into Negan's story? And I, my brain started going off on crazy tangents like that, but it just feels weird that they would continue to bring him up uh, on various shows that he's never appeared on, you know? Well, yeah, but uh, Dwight and, and Cherry come from the main show. So that it kind of makes sense that a, uh, a motivation for these two people, or at least one of these two people, would be revenge. And, you know, Negan really wronged these two people. Yeah. I mean, he did. He absolutely did. But it just, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a good thing. Like, maybe tying this all together show to show really expands the universe. I know that's what they're trying to do. I'm just, I'm just not used to it, you know? I mean, there haven't been very many TV show universes, have there? that involve multiple TV shows and crossover characters and plot lines intertwining and all that kind of stuff. The only thing I can think of is uh, Laverne and Shirley, Shirley, Happy Days, and Mark and Mindy. Did they They're all, all in the same universe. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mark from Mark first showed up in Happy Days. In no. In case you were wondering. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, That's the, and then he spun off to his own show. Huh. I swear to God. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean- I guess it's not the first time this has been done, but uh, here we are in The Walking Dead, and we have a cross, you know, cross-pollinating universe yeah. of zombie shows. I mean, we have Cheers and Frasier, and I think Frasier's coming back too. Right? Oh, they're going to be they're rebooting that thing. I think you're right. I think you're right. I heard that. So Kelsey Grammer, he's been playing Frasier since the '80s, and you know what else are you going to do? You know, <laughs> if I was if I was Kelsey Grammer, I would uh, I'd milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, that's right. I just saw him on something. Oh, it was um, watching Modern Family with the kids. We've been watching oh, okay. through that, and he played a character on that. It was uh, it was kind of funny. They needed they were they desperately needed a fully roasted pig, and uh, he was a guy you call <laughs> that can get that kind of thing for you. Oh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, I went to a wedding once where they roasted a whole pig. Uh-huh. And it was fucking great. It sounds good. Looked good in the in the Modern Family, anyways. Yeah. No, I'd yeah I'd I'd call Kelsey Grammer for a roasted pig. Sure. That's a lot of meat, though. That's uh, you, you need a lot of people to deal with that. It was huge. It was huge. All right. Well, um, 
let's see anything else about this episode i didn't like most of the john dory stuff i enjoyed the uh letter reading scene i liked the dwight and sherry stuff i thought the negan stuff was weird oh i remember i got one more thing which isn't really related to this episode but as i was thinking about negan and the walking dead universe and maybe Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do here i came up with a theory jason sure here it is so you know how teddy and the rest of his crew are trying to find this or, or they wanted the key to get into the sub to get the nuclear weapon. And their yep. plan is blow up the nuke, destroy everything on the surface, live underground for a while, and start over. The end is the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I think is going to happen before the end of this season. I think they are going to be successful in exploding the nuke. I think most, if not all, of the characters will be underground safely and i mean everybody morgan june grace dwight strand everybody will be in that underground bunker when it goes off um and they aren't going to be able to go back outside because a nuke just went off out there and that is how season six of the show is going to end everyone living underground unable to leave because of nuclear fallout above them season seven starts five years later the first time they crack the door and come back out into the world above which does two things actually it only does one thing it brings this show timeline in line with the main show i think they're going to use this nuke to skip forward five or six years and put these two shows at the same point in time for some kind of huge, you know, Walking Dead universe, big time finale involving season seven of Fear, season 11 of The Walking Dead. And as we know, season two of World Beyond is the only one they're doing anyways. So I think they're using the nuke to trigger a time jump on Fear. Okay. That's, you know, I, I, I don't know if I agree with it, but I think it, I think it would be interesting, and uh, I, I wish for that to be true. Do you? Do, do you think it would be a good idea to have these shows existing at the same point in time? Yeah. Well, I don't care about that. Uh, yeah. I only care about the fact that, the, you know, if you're going to... The nuke has to go off, right? Sure. It's Chekhov's nuclear-armed submarine. Yeah. Somehow, that nuke has to go off. Uh, what happens when that nuke goes off is it kills everybody, I don't think so. So the I think I agree with you that the only plausible way for uh, everybody to survive is to go underground. But then we have that uh, basically. What's the name of that Brendan Fraser movie where he was uh, in a fallout shelter with Sissy Spacek <laughs> for a while? I, his mom. I don't know. I but yeah, I uh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. It was a really it. good movie, actually. I wish I could remember what it was, and I want to watch it again because. You know, it was funny. I like Brendan Fraser. I'm sorry that he uh, doesn't do as much action acting anymore because uh, they fucked up his back. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Um, the only thing about my theory that I don't know is how realistic it would be to explode a nuke, live underground for a short-ish period of time, and then come back up to the surface. Like, is five years enough? Or do you need, like, 500 years? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. But but I, I, I really have no idea. I mean, the half-life of uh, nuclear fallout is a long time. But, you know, what? I, I really have no idea. Yeah. They can't go back. You can't yet go back to the Bikini Atoll Islands, right? Where uh-huh. they first started testing the nukes, where the term bikini came from. Uh, because that place is a fucking irradiated place. Yeah. You know, you can't go there anymore. But I mean, maybe it has to do with the size of the nukes or the proximity yeah. or something. I, I don't know. Like is, I'm, I'm surprised you don't know that actually. Like we, I know we don't know anything about the nuke specifically on this show, but sort of the average time it would take you to, that you'd have to avoid somewhere before you could go back there safely. I feel like it's probably longer than the time jump that they might do if my theory comes true. Could be. I have no idea. But I don't know. Uh, 
Anyways, so... I never really looked into it because I assumed if a nuke goes off anywhere near me, I'm fucked. Like, there's no getting around it. There's no going underground for however long it takes. Nope. Uh, it's just, it's a matter of, uh, you know, smile and that'll be the end of that. And be vaporized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Become a, uh, become a shadow on a wall. That's freaky, man. I've seen Fucking those. Fucking horror, yeah. Those things, right? Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Well... Yeah, I don't know if I have much else to say about this episode, really. Um, I guess it'll be nice if Keith Carradine sticks around and they they do work on fleshing that character out a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. We have, what do we have, three more this season? Next week is, is an Alicia episode, and the one after that is called the USS Pennsylvania. I might have got that wrong, but it's clearly oh, the name of the spoiler sub. Spoiler alert. Well, it's the name of the sub, right? <laughs> Still. I don't know. I mean, it's the tight episode yeah. title. I mean, next week's episode title about Alicia, I feel like is even more of a spoiler, but I'm not even going to say it. So, yeah. Um, and then we have the season finale. So we're going to get an episode focusing on Alicia, one about the sub, and then that's going to lead right into the finale, which is going to be the nuke going off. So uh, how... John Dory uh, Sr. plays into that, other than being a fountain of information about this guy, Teddy. I don't know. I don't know. So we also found out the uh, the reason for the embalming of uh, people, right? So yep. it it is true that he embalms people as punishment so that they are no longer part of this, uh, what did he call it, sperm to worms? Uh, cycle of life. <laughs> that's that's what he said. Yeah, I think that was a funny way of putting it. <laughs> it really kind of is. Yeah. So, and it's now part of my permanent lexicon uh, for, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, sperm to worms. Uh, <laughs> I want that at my funeral. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll make a note of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Because you're going to outlive me. That makes sense. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see why not. Okay. Uh, so we've, I guess we know that now. Because, you know, John Dory is a font of information and uh, he is a, a bag of exposition, let's say. <laughs> That's the thing. He really is a bag of exposition. Like this whole episode was him talking about Teddy, talking about being a police officer, talking about why he left his family. Like, I know it's it would be almost impossible to show us those things because we don't know who this guy is, but maybe ease him into the show. You know, don't do it all in one big episode. I mean, if he doesn't appear in the next three, but we just have to assume he's like living around there somewhere, that's going to yep. feel so dumb. You know what I mean? But at the, on the other hand, they gave him all, they, 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 he, he provided all his information, it seems like in this episode. So maybe he won't be, I don't know. Um, but you're right. We found out the, the, uh, embalming thing, basically what you, you figured anyways, you know, just kind of a punishment, prevent people from recycling through. Yep. Sperm to worm. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, all right. Anything else I've got? I've got one uh, email about this episode from a listener and then uh, one that's a follow-up on something from last week. So before we read this email, anything else you want to bring up about this one? Well, I just want to. I just want to uh, state a retraction from something I said earlier. Oh. Uh, I said the uh, that uh, Garrett Dillahunt played uh, Josie Wales on uh, Deadwood. He didn't. He played Jack McCall, who killed uh, Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, Jack McCall. Good. All right. So, so hold, hold your clear. emails, everybody. Jason corrected himself. <laughs> yeah, Josie Wales. Who is he? I looked that up. Anyway. All right. That's it. Very good. So I got an email here from Wednesday on the internet and Wednesday says, wow, fear is so inconsistent. I'm in the camp that hated in dreams, but I was really invested in the story. The new episode uh, called JD told now I can't wait for next episode. I just hope it doesn't suck because based on past experience, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> so I'm kind of the opposite Wednesday. I'm afraid I was okay within dreams. In fact, I thought there was lots to like about it, but this one didn't do it for me as much, but hey, thanks for writing in. I appreciate the, uh, sort of opposite opinion. And then this episode, I mean, this email is a follow-up from something we brought up last week. It comes from Arthur in Brookfield, Connecticut. 
And it's not really related to Fear the Walking Dead, but Arthur says, as a teenager, I was heavily into comics. And I sent a letter into Marvel asking a question about a discrepancy in a comic. My letter was published and answered, and I received a no prize. Nice. Unlike the name may suggest, a package arrived at my house several weeks later. I noticed it was for Marvel Comics and tore into it quickly. In the package was a letter granting me my no prize, an actual pre-printed comic book page with all the letters cut and pasted to get ready for print, and three collector cards. The cards were very similar to the Marvel comic cards printed in the early 90s, but instead of superheroes, it was of writers, artists, and editors. Being young, I did not take care of the letter or the actual comic book page, and over the years they were damaged and lost, but I still have those collector cards. I am uh, honored and jealous, and that's and I'm in awe. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's cool too. I hope it's uh, I hope it's a true story. I think the most fun part there is Arthur got some like kind of trading cards, but they weren't superheroes or sports figures. They were. It was the writers, artists, and editors who probably nice. make the comics. I think that's a great friggin' idea for a no prize. It is. You know? That's really cool. So I assumed it actually meant no prize and it was just the thing they said, but turns out sounds like it was a real thing. And I wonder I wonder how many of those they actually sent out over the years. Probably lots. Probably lots. Probably. You know, it's a it's a it uh you know, having this kind of mechanism for uh you know, honoring the fans that point out discrepancies essentially gives the writers uh, and producers of the comics free license to do whatever the hell they want uh, with those discrepancies. So they're not worried about the discrepancies anymore. They have a way to make it fun. So you might as well put in as many discrepancies as you goddamn well feel like. Sure. It's a, it's a license to do whatever they want. I think it's a fantastic idea. Maybe uh, maybe some people who make TV shows should do something like this. You know, provide, They should. Provide a prize for someone who points out something in the TV show that legitimately doesn't make sense because... To be fair, people are pointing out things that they think don't make sense all the time, but really they do. It's gamification of a uh, a support issue. There you I go. I think it's a it's a fantastic idea, and uh, the world should uh, embrace this kind of thing. And I'm tr- right now, my brain is uh, in the background trying to figure out how to uh, to do this in uh, helping with parenting. I'm not sure quite how to work that out yet, but I think that the uh, the spark of the idea is there. Uh, to see if I can work this into parenting somehow. Okay. Or maybe even your day job somehow. I don't know. Oh, I don't care about day, day job. Day, day job can go, you know, do whatever my day job does. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm thinking of trying to figure out a way to get my junior kindergarten aged son to sit through two hours of online classes a day. It is not easy and requires a full-time parent sitting there arguing, discussing, cajoling, pleading to get him to pay attention to what's going on on the screen. I, I do not envy you. Uh, he is absolutely the wrong age for online school. Yeah, and he likes it, and it's really kind of weird, uh, you know, if I may dive into this little aside a little bit. Uh, you know, he absolutely does not pay attention to anything going on the screen. He just wants to draw or do whatever or talk or, you know, do a million other things other than what is going on in the screen. But as soon as the teacher says Jasper, because, you know, they call on people. If he doesn't raise his hand, they eventually call on him. You hit the unmute button and he just locks into what's going on, figures out what's happening and answers the question, whatever it is. Uh, You know, the only time he starts paying attention is after I unmute him. And then everything's figured out and he gives a, gives a, a good answer. Okay. I don't know how he does it. It's <laughs> kind of scary, actually. I mean, take some tips for your constant work calls all day long. Only pay attention when you're unmuted. Well, I mean, everybody does that, right? Yeah, I'm, true. You know, you, you, it comes up and you unmute and you go, sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> because they were doing something else. Everybody does it, of right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm just going to mute you for a second, Jason, and continue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyways, thank you, Arthur, for that uh, description of the no prize. That was cool. I'd never heard that before. 
Uh, okay. I, that's going to do it for this podcast. Before we wrap things up for good here, Jason, for tonight, I should say, not for good, for good this evening, uh, I do want to send a quick thank you to someone who supported the show, and that is Kate J. in San Francisco, California. Kate made a contribution via PayPal and sent this message. Thank you for the ad-free podcast. Hoping you two guys can still get free mattresses and home meal prep kits somehow. Oh, God. <laughs> the pod, the podcasts are starting to really annoy me with the uh, with the ads. Yeah. I They don't bother me too much, but I have noticed an uptick in some ads. Some of my very favorite shows have more ads than they used to or just any ads when they used to not have any. So I don't begrudge anyone for doing that. Like you're going to do what you're going to do. They still have good podcasts and good content, but even though over the years we have done some ads, we've tried to stay away from it. So thank you so much, Kate, for your contribution. And, you know, we aren't going to be putting ads on the show anytime soon. Certainly not on a regular basis. I can't say for sure it'll never happen again, but yeah. we do try to keep it keep it pretty ad free. Generally, we'll talk about random crap that involves products and services, but we don't get paid for it. We just ramble, or I do. Some, it's me. Sometimes it happens. That is that is true. Uh, but you know, I I don't want this to become just an ad filled show. Uh, hey hey man, it would be it would be amazing to make a living podcasting or whatever, but yeah. not at the expense of having an ad or a show full of ads. So there's gotta be I a, have a, There's way. one podcast I can think of that I listen to on a regular basis and I actually kind of like, but in a 40 minute podcast, they have three breaks for ads mm-hmm. and it's about 15 minutes worth of ads uh, interlaced in the actual uh, podcast episode. It drives me friggin' crazy. 15, that's... That's a lot it's, of time. It feels like forever. Yeah. At least other podcasts put all their advertising and ramble crap at the beginning. I can just go skip, 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 and get to the actual content. Sure. But uh, this this other stuff, it's starting to drive me a little batty. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but to answer your question, Kate, uh, no, we don't, we don't get the free stuff, the mattresses, the home meal prep kits, anything like that. Uh, you know. Unless, unless someone wants to uh, send us a free mattress, but that'd be weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a mattress right now, and or free meal or pretty kitty or pretty kitty. What is it, kitty litter? Oh yeah, there's cats. There's there's cat litter ads now going. There's there's ads for CBD oil on other shows. There's all the kinds CBD of stuff. oil, hey, cannabis oil, whatever it is. I'm surprised you oh. haven't heard that. Yeah. Oh, you put that in uh, in your vape thing and I don't know. Get high? Is that I'm, what that works? No, it doesn't make you high. It relaxes you. But anyways, listen. Oh, I want to be relaxed. I feel <laughs> I should find out what's going on. For a show that does no ads, we're talking about this for a long time. <laughs> Unpaid. Uh, listen, everyone, thank you, Kate, for making a contribution. If you want to be like Kate, you have two ways to help out the show that has no ads. One is to make a contribution via PayPal. Go to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal uh, to make to do that. Or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead, which means you'll make a very, very small monthly pledge. And uh, that will help out the show a great deal in the long run. So thank you everyone who does that. And thanks Kate for sending in your donation. All right. That's going to do it. If you want to get in touch with us, everyone, you can certainly do so by visiting our website, talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top and you can record a message, which will get sent right into us. I love getting voicemails or voice recordings, hearing everyone's voice. And when you do that, let us know where you're from too. It's always amazing to hear, you know, where people are listening from. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead, or just send email to talking at gmail.com. I like to include as much of that on the show as I can too. So we will see how it goes over the next few episodes with less and less people watching fear. You know, sometimes that means less and less people listen to us too, but we also appreciate everyone who sticks with us. Even if you don't watch the shows anymore, that's uh, that's kind of a fun thing that happens, but, Send your comments, questions, thoughts in, and we'll use as many as we can. All right. As I said, next week is an Alicia episode. 
and go look up the title if you want, everyone. I'm not going to say it because I feel like it's a spoiler, even though I don't think the title means what we think it does. I'll just say it. I'll just leave Hopefully it like not. that. Yeah. But until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.